from Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, April 16th, 2010, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, the day after tax day. So many of you are now broke, so you have to listen to free internet radio. Um, Joining me here in our Orlando, Florida studios, to my immediate right, in the wrong chair, Maya Strang. Hi. To her immediate right, Ryan Hamm. Hey, everyone. And back once again in the seat of honor... Kara Davis. Thank you. Maya, did I steal your chair? Yes. You did. Okay. <laughs> I totally right. said there. Sorry. Okay. Uh, and on the Skype line... I can, I can hear the, the tension. This is going to be a dramatic episode. <laughs> <laughs> and on the Skype line from Virginia, I won't say Loverland because that caused much confusion last week, uh, Jesse Carey. <laughs> hello, hello. Yeah, it's suddenly like with the chair tension, this is like a, a reality show now. <laughs> She already tried to poison me with fake water. (laughs) (laughs) So Maya and I I missed the podcast last week, and Josh hosted it in my stead. And let me just say, if you notice, he's not here this week. (laughs) (laughs) And by not here, you mean not at Relevant anymore. Yeah, (laughs) he's no longer with us. Uh, He said that about me last week. Um, uh, That voice you just heard was our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely, behind the wall of glass over there. Um, so yeah, we were in Tulsa and I'm listening to the podcast before it aired, you know, to give the thumbs up, you know, and I'm listening to it and, uh, we get to the part about the tattoo Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there, you know, you guys are challenging Isaiah to, to get this Oriental Yeti tattoo and which is all well and good. (laughs) And then I see Josh Loveless offer that Relevant's going to pay for it if he agrees to do it. Well, not only did he offer it, but at first he said, I'm pretty sure. Then he goes, no, I will confirm yeah. that Relevant will pay. Yeah. And I'm going, wait, wait a second. Hey, how big? How detailed? <laughs> right. This thing could be like two grand. Sho- yeah, it's going to be shoulder to shoulder uh, <laughs> and from the waist to the neck. Oh my goodness. It, yeah, so I was, uh, I was really, really glad when 10 minutes later, Amy shut it down and wouldn't let him get it, so... And then Jesse wanted one, apparently. He's and not married, so he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, but I, I ain't paying for that. <laughs> I'm just I'm going on the record now publicly. <laughs> Josh Loveless now, can now, take up donations. Was there, Cameron, back in the day, I think I remember this from like the Lake Mary days, Yeah, that there was a standing thing that if someone were to get a relevant tattoo right. of the logo, yes. the official or, logo, yeah. That relevant would pay. I would pay for it. Staff. I'm not saying to all listeners. Right. Yeah. But if somebody on our staff wanted to get relevant as a tattoo, I would pay for it, of course. But I don't know anybody who would brand themselves permanently <laughs> with their place of vocation. I think I think I think Cohen. Cohen might yeah. <laughs> Baby tats. He can't he can't object. <laughs> he can't. <Aww. laughs> did yeah, you did you would. see that family in North Florida who got arrested because they tattooed like crosses on their children's hands. Oh, that's yeah. weird. Like, little, like they did it themselves. Like, with like the homemade oh. like, like prison tats. Like prison tats. Yeah. A little like one inch cross on their children's hands and they got arrested for child abuse. That's messed up. Good. That's, that's disturbing. I just saw a blog the other day where people tattoo their cats. <laughs> what? Have you heard about this? Yeah. Wait, Some lady wait, got arrested for piercing her cat's ears. <laughs> wait, okay, hold on. No, no, no. Okay, ta- they tattoo 
their cats or they tattoo pictures of their cats. No, on no, no. They tattoo their cats. <laughs> like they shave the fur off and tattoo the cat's stomach. Do they okay. have tattoo you ever... pictures of cats on the cats? <laughs> <laughs> That's meta. Have you ever seen a cat sit still for even a drop of well, water? Right. That alone is searing pain. I was looking at my cat and I was like, I'd have to knock you out in order for you. Yeah, to I was going to say, they must be sedated. So yeah. you walk into a house, there's all these comatose cats laying around yeah. and like a tattoo <laughs> tattoo machine out. Dude, I just Googled. I just Googled tattooed cats and it is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have quite the uh, podcast coming up for you today. Uh, we have a live in-studio performance by the museum. What's the worst part about being in a band called the museum? What? You always get framed. <laughs> Come on, snow. Yeah. Are you talking about an art museum? Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. There are different types of I was of thinking museums. of a dinosaur museum. Yeah, I was oh. too. I was like... You always get stuck. I was thinking of the air one, the air and space. <laughs> <laughs> you always get high. Yeah. Say, hey. Or you always get stuffed or you always get high or you always get framed. Anyway, so a stuffed, high, and framed museum are playing later. And uh, then we have the 14th Annual Webby Awards coming up. It's a, uh, it's a segment that Kara is bringing us, so stay tuned for that. But first, your entertainment releases and slices. Music coming out on Tuesday, April 20th. Uh, Caribou is coming out with their new album, Swim. The radio department is coming out with Clinging to a Scheme. Aqualong uh, with Magnetic North. And Rufus Wainwright with All Days Are Nights. Songs for Lulu. Rufus Wainwright I saw when I lived in Nashville. He, I saw him play at the Exit Inn, actually. Uh, Ember is coming out with Embrace. Um, and then movies coming out on Friday the 23rd. Uh, we just have one. It's The Backup Plan starring Jennifer Lopez and Alex O'Loughlin. I totally want to see that. Do you really? Yeah. It looks terrible. No, it doesn't. I've already pre-ordered. <laughs> pre-ordered your teeth on Fandango? Pre-ordered no. the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. It, it's one you need to own. I went to Amazon and I'm like, sign me up for alerts on DVD release. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll, uh, that, that's your entertainment releases. Let's just go right into slices. What you got, Jesse? Uh, other than owning all the J-Lo films on Blu-ray... Uh, that's just a fact. I'll give you my first slice. Um, my slice comes from NPR, which they did a story about the census, but I'm going to read like the first couple lines and I'm not going to do it in NPR voice. I'm just going to read it uh, objectively. And you tell me if this sounds condescending at all. <laughs> Many New York City residents aren't returning their census forms. The return rate is only around 50%, but the lowest rate of return is the hipster enclave of Williamsburg, Brooklyn. These young recent graduates with ironic mustaches and plaid shirts are apparently too busy tweeting to fill out a simple census form. Where was this? NPR. NPR? It's like the old curmudgeon news yeah. network or something. Yeah, it's like all those ironic mustaches and those tweets will get you hipsters. Oh, that's fill amazing. out your census, you old punks. I mean, and you go out to read the story. And they go to some random like indie record store <laughs> and and interview two guys at the counter who are obviously just messing with the report. <laughs> like he he asked them why, and one of them said laziness. And one of them said he'd do it if they gave him five bucks. <laughs> 
So it's good, honest NPR journalism. And I usually love NPR. I mean, this is a, this is a, a network that puts on a show by Ira Glass. How much more hipster can you get? You well, know? that's what I was going to say. Just don't they realize that like 75% of the listening audience for This American Life comes from Williamsburg? I think like, it was a jilted lover trying to get oh, back at her ironic mustached boyfriend. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> her you know, mustache. like some NPR, yeah, like uh, old news guy got his, you know, uh, BMW scratched by some kid on like a fixed gear bike. And yeah. now this is his revenge. Robert, Robert Siegel had his hair must by a fixie. You, you, you take, yeah, take it to a Michelle Norris. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really, really, really. Yeah. Really show him what NPR can do. Yeah, They're, they're uh, putting down people for being kind of uppity and, you know, mm-hmm. mustachioed and all that stuff. And, and you're so uh, self-indulged that you have to call yourself Michelle. Yeah. And not Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be honest, though. The Michelle does make her more attractive. I have kind of an audio crush on her. Mm. Do you ever get audio crushes on the NPR people? She weighs 400 no. pounds. No. I, I have the opposite of crushes. Really? On See, no, there was always this. Um, what was her name? Abby, Abby Ryan, who is the traffic reporter in Chicago. <laughs> and I had this entire. Didn't you take the subway or the L? Yeah, yeah. Okay. but yeah, I would still listen to it. Like, because oh, okay, yeah. I drove like 10 minutes from the train to work. Just okay. to hear her voice. Well, <laughs> well then she would always I come on and I was like, twice. I was like, Abby Ryan, I bet she's great. And then I found a picture of her. And it was disappointing. Oh. Well, There's a romantic comedy in there somewhere. <laughs> Not disappointing so much as like she was, you know, just like a normal person who she was had like a face 45. For radio. Yeah. She was up we're, uh, we're all kind of on the radio. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. then, and yeah. then the other thing I found out too was that she cheated on on NPR because she also did she also did traffic for three other radio stations and she would affect different personas depending traffic on which whore. station she was on exactly <laughs> you, you know you know that that's what they all do like really? Chopper Dan is Chopper Dan for the country station the talk station the hip hop station yeah but I felt very betrayed because yeah. this was Abby Ryan who spoke with such clear eloquence and so on the country oh. station and she then, gave like, herself a no, twang and then she was like literally she was like a biker girl for one of the other rock stations <laughs> and I was like that's well, not the Abby I know <laughs> other than like Michelle Norris, the other one that pronounces their name like kind of uppity that always gets me is Netta Ulaby. She, I don't know if you guys listen to a lot of NPR, but she's always at the end of her story. She says it just like this. I'm Netta Ulaby, <laughs> NPR News. Like she kind of sings it, but like, yes, I'm Netta Ulaby. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Fill out your census, punk. Yeah, I was gonna say I was forgetting w- what the point of your slice was actually. So way to bring no, it no, back but, around. But, yeah, so kids and William- hipsters in Williamsburg aren't doing the census, but someone in the in the, someone being interviewed in the story brought up a good point that the government spent like hundred and thirty three million dollars advertising it. When if they could have just like developed some sort of like Facebook app where you could do it for a hundred million dollars they would probably not have to have this problem, you know? I just thought it was crazy. I mean, that it's valid. I mean, that there's, you can't go onto a website and do right. it. That they have to, you have to mail in paper and somebody has to then take That's your paper true. and type it into a mm-hmm. computer. It's probably been five years since I've used the mail. <laughs> I have a, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I've actually true. put something in an envelope. I don't even know where you buy a stamp. <laughs> the post office. The grocery store. <laughs> I don't even know where a, post office, a local post office is. I'm, I'm being totally honest. <laughs> we You're believe a terrible you. Citizen. You know, the post office is kind of struggling right now because of those reasons. Yep. Okay, next. Ooh, can I go next? 
Okay. Yes. I have one that involves a character that we've often spoken of in this in this fine podcast. Neto Ulibi? <laughs> no. Chopper <laughs> no, uh, Dan. None other than Mr. John Tesh. No way. Yes. <laughs> oh, I think I, I heard this. Yeah, I'm sure you heard so this. So I sat behind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But did you know that the very person you sat behind in the 1980s dated Oprah Winfrey? No. What? Yes. 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 It came out in a gossip book first, and it was That's some right. lady known as, known as like the poison pen or something, and so no one was sure whether or not <laughs> to believe it. And then John Tesh confirmed it this morning that he and Oprah used to have a relationship. Can you imagine what their offspring would have been? Well, that's the thing. I was talking with a friend. I was like, their offspring would have been the Antichrist. Like, there's no question. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say their offspring would be avatars. (laughs) (laughs) Like a superior race of, you know, beings. Of beings. Super moguls. They would look look like Oprah, but they would have his hair. Exactly. That's... that's Exactly. (laughs) It would be incredible. And his musical ability. Yes. All right, next. The May issue of Marie Claire hit newsstands with Jessica Simpson on the cover. Marie Claire. Oh. Oh. Yeah, Yeah, and and the whole thing is that she's not wearing makeup on the cover, but nobody really believes it. And so she came out saying, No, really, I'm not wearing makeup and and you know, she's saying she wants it's important for her to you know, to encourage other women that she's a real woman and, you know, this is how she really looks. And it, I think it's totally backfiring because she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, me as a normal woman, I'm like, you still look amazingly awesome without makeup. So I hate you. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're not helping me. Yeah. It may basically like, look how good I look without makeup. Yeah. On. Yeah. Put me on a cover. <laughs> yeah. I saw it. I saw that too. And I mean, she looks a little dark under her eyes, you know, that that could have been like Photoshopped in to make a her stress. look bad. <laughs> yeah. She's stressed. She's stressed. It's okay. She's yeah. used a back rub. To, to be <laughs> fair, though, is she wearing mom jeans? <laughs> That's true. We've all seen her mom jeans. Right. And that is a very humanizing thing to do, is wear mom jeans. I frequently <laughs> wear them. Like, I sometimes wear mom jeans just to remind me that I'm that I'm a sinner, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jessica Simpson is a real person. She has mom jeans. My, my favorite DJ name from Lollapalooza was DJ Mom Jeans. He's fun. <laughs> was that a real name? Yeah, really? yeah. DJ Mom Jeans. <laughs> That's awesome. Spun at the... Uh, the electronic at, tent. P- at Perry's. Yeah, Perry's, yeah. Chad, have you do you know DJ Long Jeans or Mom Jeans? Yeah. Yeah. There's validity. I thought there. you were gonna ask me if I've ever worn mom jeans. <laughs> <laughs> the answer? Yes. Yes, of course. Right now. Of course. Okay. Uh, my slice is about a girl that is way too crafty for her own good. Jessica Simpson. Yes. Crafty is in <laughs> Crafty like, like, Norris. A, like a witch. <laughs> Lakshmi like Singh. Oh, Lakshmi <laughs> Singh. I like her too. <laughs> No, this girl uh, in Iowa made a one-of-a-kind prom dress for herself and a matching vest for her date made out of Wrigley's Five Gum wrappers. Literally, the whole dress and the whole vest is made out of wrappers, and she finished off with a vinyl coat because it breaks a lot. But I'm thinking, I mean, (laughs) she said she started collecting wrappers in August of last year, and she's wearing it to the prom this year. And I mean, I've got tons and tons of, like, scrapbooks, and I've got so many, like, crafty things that I've wanted to do and I haven't done anything, let alone make my own prom dress. 
She, That's an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but she's got plenty of time after school on her hands. I guess she's You're in busy. Iowa. In, in Iowa, collecting gum wrappers isn't that uncommon. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. I, well, I'm kind of speechless by this entire thing. Like, did she, did she refer to the dress as my wardrobe malfunction is almost done? Because I feel like the odds of something going, going horribly awry. Or maybe that's exactly her plan. I like that her boyfriend is just in like shorts and a baseball cap. I'm glad got, that they and he's got e- made out of Yeah, rappers. and he's got emo hair and he's I wearing think, a t-shirt. Yeah. I think people should wear Canadian tuxedos to prom. What's like, a Canadian tuxedo? All denim. A denim vest. Really? Denim vest, <laughs> denim <laughs> jacket. Make that up? No. And no makeup. Jeans, d- denim vest, and denim jacket is a Canadian tuxedo. That? What about if he wore a sleeveless shirt made out of big league chew wrappers? I like it. All right. Well, uh, on that strange note, that'll wrap up uh, Slices. Up next, the museum. You're listening to She and Him. The song is Don't Look Back. It's playing right now on Relevant.fm. They are the spotlight artist this week. It's from their brand new album, Volume 2, which we are taking credit for its immense success. We did a feature on She and Him in the <laughs> March issue, and then their album thereafter debuted at number six. No one had ever heard of them before. We Never. <laughs> M. Ward, Zoe Deschanel, who's that? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Doves with their song Andalusia. It's playing right now on Relevant.tv. Andalusia, is that someone who's on NPR? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Andalusia. <laughs> She's the Wall Street correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> the museum is a new group on BEC Recordings. There are four guys from Texas and Georgia. Their debut album isn't even out yet. That's how on it we are. Their first single is called My Help Comes from the Lord. It just released last week. Uh, You can check them out at museumband.com. Here is the museum. Uh, Hey, this is Ben from the museum. Uh, We're putting out our first nationally released record this summer. And so this is a little preview of a song off the record that's called Never Look Away. And it's basically just a fresh picture in my life um, through God bringing my wife into my life of kind of his grace for us and just a picture of the amazing nature of God's grace. So the song's called Never Look Away. home alone today quickly I was lost along the way till you stepped out in front of me I took my hand said come on follow me this is love that you Shine on the darkness all around us, they all just disappear. Yeah, you shine on 
surround us whenever you are near. You and me, we used to be lovers torn and lost along the way. Till heaven came and rescued me I found grace right in front of me Yeah, this is love That you shine on The darkness all around us It all just disappears and you shine on the walls that crash around us whenever you are near. Never be the same. Yeah, we'll never be the same. Cause you never look away. Oh, you shine on the darkness all around. Shine on the darkness all around us Whenever you are near Yeah, you shine on the darkness all around us It all just disappears Oh, you shine on the walls that crash around us Whenever you are near You never look away You never look away That was the museum. Check them out at museumband.com They're putting close to flame and imaginary the little put you down for a solitary gun Then it punches its own basic base for more again Should I go lonely from a solitary gun You're listening to Rogue Wave. I like the name Rogue Wave. The song is Solitary Gun. It's playing right now on relevant.fm. It's a good song. Okay. It is time for Kara's segment. Take it away. This week, the 14th annual Webby Award nominations were announced. And if you're familiar with the Webby Award, um, this is awards that go to the the most awesome websites on the internet. And there's like a ton of different categories and, and it's, you know, sites that you've heard of, whether it's TED.com or The Onion or, you know, uh, CNN. And they're all like nominated for different reasons, but... 
if a website has gotten a Webby, it's pretty legit. And they also have like online and film and uh, and video nominations. So like um, David after dentist is nominated mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. under the I think the viral category. One of the websites that's nominated under the weird category got my attention today. It's the awkwardfamilyphotos.com oh. website. Love that site. And of course, all of my awkward family moments center around my father and if you don't know my father just picture Kramer and uh with a red beard Kramer with yeah. a red beard it's old army photo but um anyway one of the most awkward reoccurring family moments that I had was uh, my dad would always take my brother and I to the, the the local lake old Hickory Lake and we would always go in his truck and we would have a cooler with sun drop ice in it and we would get to the lake and all the other families were there and my dad would strip down to his maroon speedo. What? No, wow. he did not. Every time. What? Yes. He does not strike me as a speedo guy. Oh well. <laughs> Awkward. Wow. <laughs> is that is that the lake with J. Percy Priest Dam? Yeah. Just wondering. So. <laughs> I'm just getting my geography right. Yeah. You're like, oh, then then the speedo makes sense. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a nudist colony. You said maroon right. speedo, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the yeah, damn wow. community there is. Uh, Did he wear it elsewhere? Or is it just like <laughs> to church? <laughs> Are you saying? To <clears throat> or, or was this a speedo that was only reserved for trips to the lake? Special nights out. Yeah. I mean, I've probably blocked out any other memory of it, but. I remember so the, like, the same one for like years. Oh yeah, that's you know my dad never threw anything away. Well, so never got much use. It was probably as good as the day he bought it. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen years later. Yeah, that's a quality speedo. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you invest in quality. Right. You, you need the name brand. Need the name brand. No matter yeah. what size you know pants he was wearing. Oh. Oh. Well, that's Poor the other Kara. benefit of speedos. They they're stretchy. <laughs> Every inch of them stretches. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of, I was in Target yesterday, and this guy in front of me is trying to return a body and back groomer. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. You know. He's like, this doesn't work. <laughs> he got, he just got ready, right for, uh, got ready for speedo season, and he had no more use for it. And they, oh. thankfully, they did not let him return it. Really? So, oh. go Target. What, what worse item could you possibly return to? <laughs> Goodness. He's oh. like, the blades on this are totally dull. <laughs> it's, it gets clogged easily. Yeah. It pulls really bad. <laughs> Look at this. I'm chafing. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they don't make back rumors like they used to. Not like in your dad's era. <laughs> because back then, you know, Speedos were like, they aged like fine wine. Yeah. They just got better every summer. The back groomers were industrial strength back in the days. Now they're made overseas and it's cheap quality. They need American steel. (laughs) Yeah, if I buy a back groomer, it better darn well be made in Detroit. (laughs) I'm so excited that the good people of Pittsburgh are going to start sponsoring our podcast. (laughs) Bring those jobs back home. It's like we we may not have the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, but we'll have the Pittsburgh back groomers. (laughs) Yeah, I picture the Pittsburgh uh, Body Grooming Association just called Pits. Yeah. Uh, this segment was brought to you by Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a back forest, it's not our fault. <laughs> oh, man. Jesse, do you have any awkward family uh, stories? Oh, man. I think I told the one. <laughs> I think I told this a long time ago about the, the time where 
for some reason, like I was like super pumped when I was uh, like a kid about <laughs> Halloween one year. And I was convinced that my, my, well, I think it was my mom was convinced that my elementary school like was having this big like gathering for Halloween <laughs> and like she made like this really killer lion costume and it, like I painted my face, <laughs> I painted my face and everything and had like a hood that had like a lion mane and stuff and I had like whiskers and a tail and everything, you know. So we show up to this big like party at my elementary school, my mom and I, and realize it's not a costume party. Oh. So that was a little awkward. How old are you? 14. Uh, um, I'm probably, <laughs> yeah, 17, I think. <laughs> no. Uh, I was probably like in uh, like third grade or something. Still, that's... Uh, so enough third, to be embarrassed. Yeah. Third grade yeah. is the transition from kid to like now you actually care about, you know, you know you're know, you aware of like if somebody's cool or well, not Well, that was cool when I had a crush on like a girl, I think, for the first time where yeah. I like knew it. Yeah. yeah, third grade is when things kind of shift. Yeah. So that's pretty mortifying. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was going to say, I think my most awkward memory is like related to my dad giving me a sex talk. Oh, I never yeah. got one. You never got a sex talk? I had talk? to figure it out on my own. Yeah. I just, I mean, and like, he you dropped know. me off at the library one day and said, just <laughs> go figure it out. Check this book out. Find this book. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, to my dad's credit, like, you know, when I was nine, he took me through the sex talk thing and like told me everything that was happening and blah, blah, blah. But I remember really specifically that a, he started giggling when he said the word penis. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I didn't know how to respond. So I went into my room, got into a sleeping bag, pulled it over my head and listened to adventures and odyssey for like an hour. <laughs> Cause I was just like, could not process position. what my dad had because just your childhood me. just ended. Yeah. My childhood <laughs> ended that night. So take I mean, me away adventures and odyssey. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's that. And then like, and then I guess it got, that's so, by the way, that's so weird. I zip myself up in a sleeping bag. And I returned to the womb. Yeah, exactly. It's a very, that's very, not what focus on the family had intended. No, I don't think so. Um, but now like any awkward family stuff that happens, like is usually instigated by me. Cause I think it's really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's usually like me and my sister, um, me and my oldest sister, who's 23, um, saying things at the dinner table that we know will make my father uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, So, like, when she was dating her boyfriend, usually it would be about them moving in together or something, even Mm. though they had no plans to, and he would get really (laughs) uptight. um, Or, like, we'll uh, we'll be watching TV and an ad for like tampons or something will come on and he just turns beet red and tries to get us switch the channel. So instead we just turn it up. (laughs) Okay. I gotta get out of here. I gotta go groom my back. (laughs) There's there's nothing worse than like you're watching TV or something. You're in high school or whatever. You're, you're aware. Yeah. And and then like something inappropriate comes on TV and you're there with your parents. Yeah. When when I was sixteen, I went. A friend and I went with my dad to Russia on a business trip for like two weeks, mm-hmm. and he was there for you know, whatever. And my friend and I just had kind of the run of the country. We figured out how to read Russian and navigate the subways, and we had a great time. Anyway, on the way back, we stopped in New York for a couple of days, mm-hmm. and you know, doing the prototype, you know, the stereotypical stuff of go to see the Statue of Liberty, and he wanted to do a Broadway show, so he picked the most clean one, the Will mm-hmm. Rogers Follies, mm-hmm. you know, nice old Western show, <laughs> and we're sitting there, and um, like on the fifth row, right in the middle, and part of the stage like comes out into the crowd and stuff, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the Will Rogers Follies, there's this like transition where <laughs> these 
like all the dancing girls uh-huh. come out with Indian headdresses on and and uh, bikini bottoms and completely naked. <laughs> What? Oh my god! Yeah. And they and they w- just march like Indian style through the crowd and back on the stage. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm there with my dad, See? and I'm like, Gosh. and you know, he's beat red. I'm yeah. like not acknowledging this is theater. Apparently, this is what they do, you know. And apparently, the Will Rogers Follies was a little blue, you know. Wow. So never said oh, a word about it. Word. Never, you know, didn't like let's leave never anything. Acknowledged really? Well, then we go to the. Times Square McDonald's afterwards and we're sitting there and and my friend and I are still just like what the crap just happened you know (laughs) and so my dad orders our big you know happy meals or whatever and then he comes and he sits down and he goes well um, (laughs) I I just want to apologize I didn't realize that that was so risque (laughs) (laughs) it's the only time I've ever heard risque used in conversation and I was like oh it's fine you didn't know you know uh, we never spoke of it again oh okay so that was oh yeah Yeah. see that's great it took oh, a while. Yeah. yeah. Really see, seeing a parade of naked women sitting next to your father. <laughs> I became a man that day. <laughs> you went home and listened to Adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> in a sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't really have anything, by the way. Moments. Do you have any awkward dancing moments? Yes. Yes. <laughs> in high school, um, I was a sophomore and we did a big recital at the end of the year and I got really nervous and it was the first dance so we had this like tight green lycra outfit on and as the curtains opened my back was to them and our, we were standing there and I started I peed in my pants. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Like, in lycra. In lycra. Oh. I peed. Oh. And I was so nervous and I looked at the and nobody could tell. I mean like the girls that danced with I was like I peed but no one in the audience could tell apparently and of course the guy I liked was sitting like five rows but he didn't ever say anything of course we never ended up dating I wonder why <laughs> she's a peer I did that she's a peer and I did <laughs> I I fell a few times and oh and when I auditioned for the magic I my foot slipped out from underneath me and I just went plat. she's on a stage on a at stage Pleasure Island in front of hundreds of people there to watch the auditions final auditions and, and the people will be selected this night big big production mm-hmm. whatever Maya goes out there and she has her solo bit and uh, yeah oh yeah it was a solo part of course and so all eyes are on Maya and whoop, whoop, lands right on her oh, butt I mean, and no. like I remember like I fell and I heard everyone go <gasps> like everybody yeah and I just got up and I acted like it didn't happen and I somehow just was able to finish it and I made it yeah and you got the I, job I, because it recovered every, well and the, her coach said later uh, everybody falls but it's the people who recover well that you want on your team. Yeah. You know? That's a lesson well, for life. That it is, is right? For life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Maya. Here's, here's a funny story. This isn't my awkward failing, though, but two friends of mine were at a, <laughs> were at a, a really elaborate passion play. this is never a good start so they're at this elaborate fashion play and there's a scene where jesus is in the garden of gethsemane and behind him there are like demons tormenting him but this is like a really elaborate production and so like the demons are like these guys dressed in all black on like nine foot stilts okay and they're doing like reverse spirit fingers you know like (laughs) you you guys got the the visual yeah like jazz hands yeah yeah exactly (laughs) 
And so it's really dramatic. And all of a sudden, one of the guys like behind Jesus on the stilts, like starts like doing the steps, like falling back and forth, like he's going to fall oh, and no. eats it really hard <laughs> on, on the stilts. Like one of the demons. <laughs> and they said, oh, Jesus, no. who was like, you know, praying, just kind of like looks over like, uh-oh. And they said, the guy used his arms to drag himself off of stage. <laughs> Like, like out of frame and so anyway like all through the next scenes like you know the the most dramatic scenes in the play they can't they're dying laughing and, they and they're and like one of their moms is down the road like looking at them like this is a passion play and, and, and your head is down and you're crying laughing you know for the remainder of the play oh, and uh what anyway, happened kinda, did he yell jesus like <laughs> so awkward family moments awkward, awkward family photos website turned into just tell us embarrassing stories yeah yeah it devolved that's Good true stuff. all right that'll do it for the uh, 14th annual webby awards check out awkward family photos at awkwardfamilyphotos.com you will not be disappointed up next the museum and separated by a You're listening to Fair. The song is Disappearing World and it's playing. It's a double dip. It's playing right now on Relevant FM and Relevant.TV. A little update on Relevant FM. We are very, very close to having the Relevant FM iPhone app in the store. Very close. The Relevant iPhone app version 1.0 is in the store and we are working on a major, major update and overhaul to it. Uh, But you can check it out now if you want to be an early adopter. Once again, the museum is a new group signed to BEC. Their debut album is coming out soon. You can check them out at museumband.com. Here they are. This is a brand new song that's called My Help Comes From The Lord. And this is our new single right now, um, written straight out of Psalm 121. It's just about the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. And I love um, part of the song that comes straight from Scripture. Is it says, I lift my eyes to the hills, and where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. And I think there's something about lifting your eyes you know, off of our, our current circumstances that allow us to truly see the hope that we really have in Jesus Christ. So that's the heart of this song, and uh, it's called My Hope Comes from the Lord. seems gone You're the rock I rest upon When waters rise and I can't breathe You're the love that rescues me Out of the darkness I lift up my eyes Unto the hills I feel my faith rise of heaven, giver of life, you are my strength, my song in the night, my refuge, my shelter, now and forever. 
my help comes from the Lord. When I'm broken, scarred by sin, death gives way to life again. And when I suffer, when I'm bound, in you I'm free, in you I'm found. Out of the darkness, I lift up my eyes unto the hills. I feel my faith rise. Maker of heaven, giver of life, you are my strength, my song in the night, my refuge, my shelter, now and forevermore. My help comes from the was the museum. Check them out at museumband.com. listening to the morning benders the song is excuses that's a pretty good band name <laughs> morning benders uh it's from their brand new album big echo the morning okay it's time for your feedback now last week i was not here so yeah um why don't you take it uh last week we asked you a two-part question one so we put up a picture that one of our designers rendered of the oriental yeti um as a possibility of the tattoo that we suggested jesse should get uh, so people kind of gave us their feedback as to whether or not he should get that tattoo. And then we also asked you, uh, what is the worst tattoo that you can imagine getting? Or that you've ever seen. or the, Yeah, or that you've ever seen. And so you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and uh, posted your replies there. Here are a few of your answers. Jen Mortez said that she was watching one of those uh, shows, Miami Inc. or LA Inc. or one of the two. And some guy came in 
and he really, really loved cheese a lot. And he just found out that he was lactose intolerant. So in, in order to memorialize his love for cheese, which he can no longer partake of, he was going to get a cheese tattoo. Mm, why torture yourself in more than one way? <laughs> exactly. Then you got to look at it every day and be like, I can't have that. Um, the other one, she said that a friend of hers, when she was young, got a tattoo of dolphins swimming in a circle around her belly button, mm. which oh, is pretty bad. That's, that is terrible. <laughs> I, I imagine this, her friend's room has like, you know, like one of those black light pictures of like a unicorn. <laughs> and she it's was like a, that type of person. She was a huge fan of, a huge fan of Lisa Frank. Yes. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, Dan Sarnowski, Sarnowski says uh, he can't think of a worse tattoo than the name of an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm. Nothing says I, I didn't really think this through like the name of a person you never talked to anymore. Uh, this is okay. Related to that. Uh, when I was getting my tattoo, which was really small, um, I was really nervous. And so I was trying to talk to the tattoo artist, like to kind of take my mind off of it while he was giving it to me. And so I asked Were him, these tattoos around your belly button? I mean, <laughs> no, dolphins no, around I have, your belly button? I have a tiny tattoo on my wrist. Um, and it literally took like two minutes, but, but it is a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a dolphin riding a sea turtle, um, <laughs> a little tiny yeah, sea turtle. Exactly. Uh, so I was talking to him and, you know, I was like, who's the most famous person you've ever tattooed? And he, he said Michael Jordan, which I thought was cool. But then I asked him, what's the weirdest tattoo you've ever given? And he's like, well, I've been doing this for 20 years. So it's, you know, I have pretty much every story you can think of, but, um, the one that sticks out in my mind is I once tattooed a guy who came in and got his girlfriend's name tattooed on him at like 9 p.m. He came back at 11 a.m. the next morning, wanted it covered up because he found out that she cheated on him with his best friend. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And <laughs> he took great pleasure in informing the guy that he had to have it for two weeks before that they could before they could cover up. Wow. <laughs> so this guy That's was only walking. slightly worse than loving cheese and finding out lactose intolerant. Yeah. So this guy was walking around for two weeks with his ex-girlfriend picture on his on his arm. Jeremy actually says uh, there's a whole collection of worst tattoos ever at uglysttattoos.com. Yeah, it, mm. it's from this. It's a meme by the same people who did fail blog. Oh, cool. Which That's is nominated for a Webby. Oh, nice. <laughs> Ryan, did you see this one? It kind of goes along with what you were saying with Jay. Uh, a breed love it says the worst tattoo would be having your kid's name put on your arm for everyone to see only to find out a year later that you're not the father. <laughs> <laughs> see, I was actually going to say, you know, you're married, you're happy. You put your wife's or husband's name right. on you, but 50% of marriages end in divorce. So even that's a risk, let alone a right. uh, boyfriend, girlfriend. I was thinking though, the thing you could take to your grave is your child's name, right? you know? So to find out that Maybe he's not, not your kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say like, Maybe maybe more marriages would stay together if you got tattoos. Yeah, maybe that should be part of it. You have you're to like get your your spouse's name tattooed right on your face. Because you're like, well, at this point, I would leave, but I would look like an idiot for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, forget the unity yeah. candle at the wedding. Yeah, let's, let's get may a tattoo, well get a tattoo like a Mike Tyson. You type. know, I always thought that the services were too short. Seriously, it's yeah. like a little. A little fast, so get the tattoo in the wedding. Yeah, exactly. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, well, everyone is, watches. This is the answer I thought was funny um, from Johnny Ferguson. He said, simul simultaneously, uh, the best and worst tattoo to get is of the verse Leviticus 19.28. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print marks upon <laughs> you. I am the Lord. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, that'll do it for your feedback. If you want to join the conversation, head over to the uh, podcast episode page uh, for last week's edition, and you can still chime in. It's right there in the podcast center. You can browse all the episodes and inter- and uh, interviews and performances there. So for this week's editorial question of the week, here we go. Editorial question of the week. We spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about awkward family moments and embarrassing moments, such as Kira's dad being in a maroon speedo. And I, the thing that gets me isn't that he was in a speedo; is that it was the same speedo for like many decades. years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was a recurring nightmare. He walked, not a good look. He, he, washed, he, he washed it, right? Yeah. Why? Well, well, in the lake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to wash the speedo. Yeah, but you sit in the car on the way home. <laughs> wow. Um, <clears throat> so we want to know from you. Uh, we want to hear your awkward family moments, awkward family photo moments, awkward family moments. Um, so just head over to the podcast episode page. And we are actually going to post some photos, some of our favorite photos from the website. And, uh, and that hopefully will jog your memory. And uh, we want to hear from you, some of your awkward family moments. We will read our favorites on the podcast next week. But this is prime for the podcast hotline. So if you want to call in and leave us a message with your story, that'd be even better. Call us at 407-660-1411, extension 126. That is the podcast hotline. Or you can type it out if you're more of a wordsmith, you want to craft it. Uh, you can type it out at the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Well, on that note, we will wrap up this podcast. Many thanks to the museum for coming through. Again, you can check them out at museumband.com. Their first single just released is called My Help Comes from the Lord. And their, their uh, debut album is coming out soon. And if uh, our very own Jesse Pinnico does indeed end up getting that Oriental Yeti tattoo on his own dime I'm not paying for it uh, we will indeed post a picture of it but he'll I, probably accept PayPal donations just putting that out there it's true you probably <laughs> I know he's on Facebook so you can probably find him yeah. and connect and we, we should probably talk to the good pe- folks at Pitts <laughs> <laughs> alright so if you want if you want to help Jesse in his cause you can hit him up on Facebook I guess <laughs> he's going to get inundated for people like what <laughs> um, alright well I'm Cameron Strang I'm Maya I'm Ryan I'm Kara. I'm Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Fill out your census, you old punks.